Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. I hope wherever Wes is listening that he's dancing right now. Because he's listening, right? Even Flounder's in the studio, and this is an all-time booty mover. This is the one that gets us going more than any other song that we play. All-time booty mover. There it is. Mm. Even Flounder was getting jiggy with it over there, man. You were too. You almost threw your arm out of your socket. Are you okay? Is your shoulder all right? I mean, I was just getting, you know, seventh inning stretch for the final hour of the show, you know, just making sure I'm... In uh, top-tier condition, doing my best. That's a good segment idea, to be honest with you. Maybe we could have some kind of rejoin, which we haven't been playing again today, have we? We forgot no, about I that. No, I forgot them. It's they don't right. hit the same without Wes. <laughs> I think you just say that. We've done this a couple <laughs> times where it's the week that was when we only have like a couple days. Like, I just, you know, you guys weren't here. It's just like, uh, whatever. I don't think it's the right thing to do. Oh, see, here's the thing is that I had like last week's show before y'all went to Boston, man. We put like two weeks worth of week the week that was ready for you and then we went to boston and because it was boston and you had like 19 guests oh we could have done we, that. we didn't yeah. do it yeah that's so true. it's gonna make this friday a lot easier because i'll just bring back from stuff from two weeks ago but do we have uh, some good stuff in there oh yeah 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 the the show we had last week i forget man we all three of us were just doing some crazy stuff mm-hmm. i think we were so um and that's what happens when you got a, a one in 12 football team and a seven and 14 basketball team you, you bark on the radio and yeah, you do some, you do some other stuff. We did bark on the radio. <laughs> I really like that. You, I don't know what happened. You sounded like a disease-ridden dog that I don't want to get in with a hundred feet worth of, and uh, you were starting. <laughs> God, I'm sorry for everybody that we just scared. <laughs> I want to hear it again though. Play it one more time. <laughs> it sounds like I'm burping at the beginning of it. That is a demon dog, man. Uh, that is that was a possessed animal that has rabies and all Good sorts job. of diseases that you're gonna live to be like 14. I don't, I don't. Goodness gracious! All right, that is uh, yeah, that was fitty barking. It threw me for a loop, to be honest with you. I'm a little shook, and so I'm gonna awkwardly transition to the live wire with that same man barking like a crazy dog. Live wires on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. All right, Mr. Mayo. Well, yesterday we did a little Queen City, Queen City corner, and we talked about Thomas Brown's uh, questionable play calling since he's been the play caller after Frank Reich got fired. Feel like it was maybe a little bit worse on the surface at Tampa Bay. Wasn't any better this past game at New Orleans. I went a lot of deep, deep shots that were called and short and medium passing situations. And yesterday, when Chris Tabor had a chance to review the film, he was asked about why they went with that type of game plan. No, I think you're always looking to take shots when you can. Uh, they obviously played a lot of, I mean, really just played man-to-man the whole game. So you're going to you're gonna be able to take some shots there. We didn't connect uh, when we wanted to. And that's always, that's another area that we got to improve upon. Uh, but uh, it's just one, one of those things that, you know, for, unfortunately we didn't convert enough on, on some of those third and fourth downs. I think that's there, there's a lot of things that go into that. You know, guys just make, make, making the catch here or there. Sometimes, you know, you can, you can look at some other things also, but uh, we, we, we got to improve in those areas.
So remember yesterday we played Bryce Young's answer saying there was a lot of factors and a lot of reasons, but he never listed any factors or a lot of reasons. Chris Tabor said a lot of different things go into that, but they never really said why. Is that more of him just wanting to protect his first-time play caller and not publicly throw him under the bus because it just doesn't make sense when you ran the ball the way that you are able to run the ball with Chuba and Miles Sanders for you to throw the ball to a wide receiving core like Jay Feely pointed out two weeks ago on the broadcast. Can't get any downfield separation. I think Carolina, or I think Chris Tabor would tell you that he would probably rather run in those situations, but also he's the special teams coordinator. I guess you could do the Steve Wilkes thing and say to your offensive coordinator, I want to tailor a game plan that revolves around this. In the Wilkes-McAdoo example, you're talking about downhill running attack, and maybe Chris Tabor told Thomas Brown that, but then Thomas Brown just takes liberty in these third and fourth down situations to where he does want to take some of those deep shots, and it's not exactly the right time. So who knows what the dynamic is between each of those guys. I wonder... Man-to-man coverage, Carolina has to be seeing that as as much as anybody just because man-to-man, you're not afraid of those wide receivers beating you. So it's not like you're really worried about the wide receiver being, okay, man-to-man, just not even worrying about Jonathan Mingo or Adam Thielen beating you deep or same thing with DJ Chark. We, you, know, you see what happens when you just man up on Tyreek Hill. You see what happens when even Dallas, right? You talk about C.D. Lamb on the outside. If there's only one corner on him, you're taking a shot. It would be nice for you to just automatically, okay, the odds are in our favor. When we have somebody that can win as much as they do on the outside, we're taking that shot a million times because we trust that wide receiver. If they're only covered by one guy and there's not a lot of help, With Carolina, you can't really do that because these wide receivers don't win on the outside. Just another thing that Bryce Young has to battle constantly as the QB of this squad. We haven't talked about this, but you know who didn't play again on Sunday? Who's that? Was TMJ. He's his fourth straight did not play. Don't you you think if they want to be more aggressive going down the field, putting guys in jump ball situations, maybe that guy needs to be on the field because he's maybe the most best equipped wide receiver on the roster to do that type of thing he was last year but this is the second coach that is not playing him now and i guess thomas brown is the offensive holdover frank reich didn't want to put him in there he said he forgot to put him in despite having a lot of screen uh catches that he had the week prior to frank reich saying he forgot to put him in but also thomas brown is the offensive coordinator and tmj still not finding any time out there on the football field chris Tabor not making enough of an effort if he does seem if he does deem it fit to try to make sure he doesn't get out there on the football field. So I think that tells you all you need to know about Terrace Marshall Jr. Frank Reich didn't think highly enough of him to put him on the field. Thomas Brown isn't doing so. Chris Tabor isn't doing so. If you have three different coaches that have that kind of control, and yet he's still sitting on the bench as a healthy and active that guy's going to be playing for a different team next year. Yeah, he'll be in Kansas City being the face of a, revo- a, re- a revamped wide receiver room that'll probably win like 13 more Super Bowls. Yeah, that's right. Another comment from Chris Tabor as he is the special teams coach. He addressed what happened on the block punt. Yeah, pretty simple. We had a man not uh, perform his responsibility on mm. the play, <laughs> and that's what took place. I think, unfortunately, plays like that in special teams are usually a result of uh, someone just making a, a busted assignment. It's, uh, yeah, I hate to use, I mean, it is, it's unfortunate, but more importantly, it can't happen. And I think that's the thing that uh, we got work to get cleaned up.
because now uh, once you once you do that and you put it on tape, um, I always say that there's there's blood in the water for a good well till the end of the season. I always say four weeks. So. Uh, we have the what I call the four-week stink on us. Now, it, it's not as fair to be as critical of him as it was of Frank Reich, but this is now the second head coach this season that is the head coach and has responsibilities over whether it's play calling or now special teams, and it has failed miserably. Do you think it makes it easier for Daddy Warbucks, David Tepper, when he's evaluating who the next head coach of the Panthers to be to be a CEO type of guy that's not going to have his hands in on play calling, special teams, anything of that sort. You're you're saying does it make it easier for him to go to an a CEO yeah, guy? Yeah, because you're than, seeing guys directly involved struggling with their respective units. I saw one point on Twitter where you've seen so many offensive minded head coaching hires that the pool is actually drying up with some of the candidates that that have been out there because most of the good ones have already been hired into a head coaching position. And so maybe that's another reason. It's not to say that they're not out there, but think about the young, bright, offensive-minded, bright play caller out there that everyone wants. Because we used to have a, a lot, and this is the Sean McVay model. And then so, okay, whoever, you know, who was in the same room one time as Sean McVay? <laughs> and he's going to possibly get a job as the next head coach. You could see quite a few guys after the Sean McVay craze. But now, clearly Ben Johnson. Slowick is getting a lot of consideration after what he's doing with Houston. But who else is in that regard? Like, who else is is you is tabbed as that guy? Maybe I mean, Todd Munkin with what he did at Georgia. But he's him. not the young mold. And he's I'd, not, but he's... I guess evolved into the way they play offensive football now because look at that Ravens offense. Well, and he's been great for a while. I mean, he's been there with Cleveland. He went to Georgia. He was with Tampa, I believe, for a while. And so now he's in Baltimore. Yeah, Todd Munkin could be a good answer. It, it just doesn't fit what everybody has as this idea of the next head coach. We have to look from this specific pool. And if yeah. it's not there, then we'll take our plan B. But if it's, if it's here, th- this is what we really want to search for. And I think we have Ben Johnson. We have Slowick, Bobby Slowick from Houston. Kellen Moore. I thought about Kellen. You know, that offense has really taken a backseat after they've had some injuries. They don't have a lot of pass catchers that are healthy. It's Keenan Allen. Austin Eckler looks like a shell of himself. Keenan, or Kellen Moore might be that other guy. But I don't know who else you're looking at. And, And maybe that's why you're starting to look more towards the CEO approach. Okay, maybe they're not the young, hot thing. But they have success in other ventures if it's jim harbaugh having success at michigan san francisco stanford plenty of different stops and going towards maybe some of these defensive coordinators one that's actually coaching for your team right now i I do wonder if they don't get ben johnson if he chooses a different job i mean brian johnson from philadelphia could be in the pool again i don't know it's interesting to see just how many options they're going to have from that specific group that they're looking to hire at head coach. Yeah, D. Hancock writes in, if Ron gets let go, is Eric B. Enemy not available? That's I think that's gonna be a name that might that might reheat that, that might reheat up this coaching cycle. Because he's proven without Andy Reid, like that offense has been productive. That hasn't been the problem in Washington. They've scored enough points week in, week out to win football games. It's been the defense that's been the biggest issue there in the in, in, in Washington. And you're dealing with a young quarterback that has shown quite a bit. Now, Sam Howell, it's feast or famine type of QB that you're getting with mm-hmm. Sam Howell. He's going to turn it over a lot. He's going to take a lot of sacks, but also he makes quite a bit of wow throws down the field. 
And uh, I think Eric Bieniemy is getting the most out of him. All right, the last piece of sound we'll play is yesterday. We spent some time going over um, the crying that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes did in the postgame after they lost to the Bills on Sunday. Well, the quarterback of the Chiefs, he joined... 610 Sports KC, and he admitted he regretted the way he handled his actions in the postgame with Bills quarterback Josh Allen. I mean, I care, man. I love it. I love I love this game. I love my teammates, and I want to go out there and put everything on the line to win. Um, but uh, obviously, can't can't do that. I mean, can't be that way towards officials or really anybody in, in life. Um, so I probably regret acting like that. Um, but more than anything, I mean, I, re- I regretted the way I, I acted towards uh, Josh after the game because he had nothing, nothing to do with it. And um, so I, I was uh, I, I was still hot and emotional. Um, but you can't do that, man. It's not a great example uh, for for kids watching the game. So uh, that, that that was more upset about that than I was about me on the sideline. Did you see uh, Dan Orlovsky talking about this yesterday on NFL Live where he went back and pointed there was a handful of times that Tony lined up offsides? Like it wasn't just this this one you know this one time incident that it, it it had happened. They even ran the same play earlier in the game and Tony was offsides. Was Sunday's loss and the Chiefs post game action them cementing themselves as the villains of today's NFL? I don't think so. I, I, it's a good point, and you brought this up yesterday that everybody is good enough to see themselves become the villain. Even Flounder was with us in the fishbowl talking about this. The Golden State Warriors are perhaps the outlier because people hate Golden State, but really it's featured on one player in Draymond Green. People mm-hmm. can't stand that guy, but even having Draymond Green as almost the sponge that absorbs all of the hate, so Steph Curry is dry and protected from all of the hate, I feel like Steph Curry is certainly the leader of that franchise, but we all love him. Everybody loves him. And that's not necessarily true of some of the other players. The franchise as a whole, I don't think is hated. I think the same thing is said about Kansas City. It was weird when Bill Simmons and other people, by the way, on Twitter, but Bill Simmons being the most prominent, said they lost a lot of respect for Pat Mahomes. Look, man, you and I both love Pat. We love Andy Reid, love Kansas City because they're so fun and just their personalities are fun, too. We did not agree with those comments. We thought that they were whining a lot and they were very loud, very long and doing it very uh, doing it a ton. They just wouldn't shut up about it. Yeah. I didn't lose any respect for them. I mean, just because they made a mistake and talking about it too much. It takes what we're on Tuesday now. And Pat Mahomes has a soundbite out there apologizing just as much as we want. Everybody that called for an apology, he apologizes to Josh Allen, who he's right. Didn't have anything to do with the play call of Tony lining up offside. So, yeah, Pat Mahomes didn't lose a ton of respect for him. It was out of character. We don't see him like that. But you're allowed a mistake like that, and then we can move on. So the fact that anybody lost a lot of respect for him, that was ridiculous to me. Yeah, I mean, I think what makes it better on their end is after 24 hours where they had a chance to decompress, maybe review the tape, they realized, oh, I was, we were wrong. I was wrong. They didn't. They didn't double down on their post-game emotions. Like and I said, in a lot of ways, I gained even more respect for Mahomes because you're seeing a guy while he's going through his first real-life NFL adversity. You see how much this matters to him. Like it's easy to love the game when you're winning Super Bowls and you're getting paid five hundred million dollars, but when you're eight and five and you've lost three games at home, to see that emotion from him, you can tell that yeah, he loves the winning, but he loves the process of it as well. 
704-570-9610. Tell us your thoughts and comments on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line. Let's go back to a Carolina Panthers conversation at 1 and 12. Is now the time to sit Bryce Young. Are we there, folks? Tell us what you think at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Fitty filling in for Wes once more. He's out feeling, uh, feeling ill, but Fitty is filling in for one Wes Bryant. And he's also filling in tomorrow for Wes at the watch party at the Carolina Ale House. You can join Walker Mail, myself, and Colin Hoggard. Fitty going to be out there, too, tomorrow night at 7.30 to cheer on the Charlotte Hornets. They take on the Miami Heat for the second time this week, thanks to the fine folks at Michelob Ultra. We're inviting you to watch this party, to a watch party. I've done that twice. Why am I doing that? You're not watching a party, folks. I don't know why I keep saying it. We are having a watch party. We are watching the Charlotte Hornets at the Carolina Ale House. Why? I've done reads a million times. I don't know why I can't get this one right. We're going to be at the Waverly location, 7404-7404 Waverly Walk Avenue in Charlotte. That's the WFNZ Michelob Ultra Watch Party where we're watching the Charlotte Hornets and the Miami Heat. That's going to be tomorrow night, Wednesday night at 730 at the Carolina Ale House Waverly location. We'll see you there. Me, Colin, and Fiddy all watching the Hornets play the Miami Heat. So this is a conversation we've entertained, man, a while ago, Fiddy, probably like at the midpoint of the season. If things continue to go this poorly, which they have, we've got a month of football left for Carolina. They're not playing for postseason chances. They were the first team eliminated after they lost a couple of weeks ago. Unless you were like Fiddy and holding on every now and then. We actually had a postseason conversation after they beat the Houston Texans. <laughs> that was the thing we did on this show. But we didn't do it after they lost to the Indianapolis Colts. It ended pretty damn quickly. So it's only going to be four more games on the schedule for Carolina going forward. There's not many. And maybe it's time now to sit Bryce Young. This is something we talked about. I mean, I don't even know how long ago. Was it maybe Colt, maybe Bears? Maybe after the Bears game, going against Dallas when we knew whew, that defensive line, they're about to get right on after Bryce Young, and they're going to kill him. Micah Parsons is scary enough, but when he takes C4 before a game, what do you, what do you even do? That seemed, that should be illegal. If steroids are illegal, it feels like you should not be allowed to take C4 if you're that scary of a man taking on that bad of an offensive line. And we saw him 
very productive at the beginning. I'll just ask you simply, Fiddy, is it time to sit Bryce Young and allow Andy Dalton to play the last four games? Yes. Yeah, I I, I think after this past Sunday, and you just look at how rattled he was, his footwork, which David Tepper pointed out to the coaching staff, um, and wanted that to be addressed as the season went along, was as bad as it's it's looked all season. And at this point, what what do you honestly have to gain? I know Michael Vick, we played the audio of him saying like if he gets another win, what that'll do for him confident-wise. But what if he doesn't? What if he doesn't get a win and he starts with a 1-15 record and he just becomes a quarterback that develops bad habits that he can't get out of? We've had a quarterback like, like that here in Carolina. We tried Sam Darnold. And now I would told you last year at work because he was 5-2 and two as a starter – but he you, wasn't. You hopped on. You were in love with some edgy, not even so edgy, Sam Darnold. Last I mean, year. When, when you're winning games while throwing for 31 passing yards, how, I mean, that's. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna back to, you to your boy, TMJ. <laughs> it was, it was that reception that allowed Sam Darnold and the Panthers to win a meaningless football game, really just to hurt their draft position. It was that play that allowed them to beat the Saints. But I, I think, I think you're at the point now. There's nothing left to gain, and you could get to a point where you damage him beyond repair, and you don't want to do that because I think there's still enough good in Bryce that you get an offseason to reset, get a new coaching staff in here, you give him some weapons, better pass blocking. This guy will look like the guy that you drafted number one overall. Until Ashby from Lancaster, I always, it's, always a, it's always an effort for me to not do Lancaster and go Lancaster. It's just not how I was, I don't know, it's just not how I pronounce it. So you grew up calling Lancaster, South Carolina, Lancaster, South Carolina? I grew up calling it nothing because I didn't know it existed for a long time. Wow. I'm sorry, Lancaster. It's my, it's my own problem. It's not your fault. But until Ashby from Lancaster wrote in, there's no way you sit Bryce. Fiddy, most of the tune has changed here because at first when I brought it up, you would have thought I was the villain of Charlotte sports. <laughs> I brought it up pretty early and, and maybe it was too early. I was just saying this is going to be a conversation that we have. And now there are a lot of people telling you this is the time with four games left. Atlanta, Green Bay, Jacksonville, Tampa. You have three more home games, even with three of the four being played at Bank of America Stadium. Even still, people are telling you they would rather see Andy Dalton at this point and maybe not rather see him, but it would be more beneficial to sit Bryce Young and instead have the veteran go back out there. A couple of reasons as to why it might be time to sit Bryce Young. I would say one, we all saw Thomas Brown's wife tweet, right? <laughs> About Thomas Brown already being fired and they just need somebody to call plays. That might be true. I wouldn't expect Thomas Brown would want to stay with Carolina unless he really believed in Bryce. Maybe that would be the case, but with everything that's happened, I would understand why Thomas would want to get out of here as soon as possible. So if that's the case, and we have Thomas Brown coaching Bryce Young for the last four games. For what? Is Thomas Brown going to be here long-term with Bryce Young? It doesn't seem like it. And it doesn't feel like they're the best fit anyway as terms of play caller and quarterback. Well, and I, I think for the most part, I don't mind the philosophy for each of these games that Thomas Brown has called plays for the last two outings. It's just the critical play calls. Mm -hmm. It's the throwing down field. It's some of the mistakes that we've seen in crucial situations. But overall, I want to see Chuba Hubbard get over 20 carries a game. I don't mind seeing 30 carries a game because that's what this offense can handle right now. And then you play off of that via play action, 
and then maybe use some misdirection here and there, you do see Bryce Young under center more. This is just a bad group of personnel. And so Thomas Brown, for one, it might help him get another coaching job. If you put Andy Dalton there, you get better football. But also, Bryce Young just doesn't have to learn how to play for a coach that is not going to be here next year. There's one thing. The other one is, oh, well, he's going to learn about how to play the position more so. He needs to learn how to evade pressure. He needs to learn what to do when you might not have some of the best receivers in the world. I'm here to tell you, I think he's already learned that lesson. (laughs) I think he knows now. I think we have enough evidence of Bryce Young playing behind a bad offensive line to know that, yeah, I know what it's like to have my face in the dirt constantly. Don't need any more lessons on that. I've passed that test. If you're learning bad habits, if you're regressing, this is the problem for me, Fiddy. Against Houston, we saw good football. Man, did he regress against the Colts. Same thing happened against Chicago. It was continuing against Dallas, against Tennessee. I thought against Tampa, we saw some good things. I do think that. Even against the Saints, going back and watching some of those throws, I think we've seen some accurate throws. DJ Chark allowed a football to hit him in the face. Yeah. He gave Adam Thielen a shot on one of those third and three scenarios where you're still taking a deep shot. You think maybe Adam Thielen can provide enough separation. But it's somewhat of a 50-50 ball. Adam Thielen can't come down with it. It would have been a difficult catch. But that was also a pretty accurate throw to Adam Thielen. So we know that the accuracy is there. We know that Bryce Young has the capability of processing these NFL defenses. But how about we just allow him to pick up during the offseason with the coach that's going to be here, hopefully long term, instead of giving him another play call. So you're learning from Thomas Brown is not going to be here anymore. You already have your QB coach out the door. That's Josh McCown. He's no longer there. You already have your head coach out the door. Frank Reich, he's no longer there. Let's just stop changing it up on him. Allow whoever's going to be the head coach, allow whoever's going to be the offensive coordinator to get Bryce Young and keep the slate as clean as possible. And also, there is the injury risk here. Think about this. As much as we don't want Bryce Young to continue to play bad football, think about how poor, think about how bad it would be going into next season with a Bryce Young that suffers a really serious injury. Yep. You think it's low now. Yeah, I understand there are a lot of Bryce haters out there. But you don't have a first-round pick, and now you got a quarterback that might not be ready at the beginning of next season? That would be terrible. All of those reasons are reasons as to why, yeah, I would completely understand if they decided to sit Bryce Young. The thing about Chris Tabor, the thing about some of the coaches here, there is no tomorrow for them. Very replacements-esque, if you will. So there's no tomorrow. They might be coaching for their next opportunity. There's no, there's no tomorrow within the Panthers organization. And so when you talk about... Thomas Brown, Chris Tabor. Yeah, those guys are coaching for the right now. Maybe they do want to win right now. I don't know. Or maybe they do want Andy Dalton to play, right? Maybe if he gives them the better chance to win, well, yeah, that right now, that would be great for Chris Tabor and Thomas Brown. So I'd be interested to see what they wanted to do. And David Tepper, he's going to want Bryce Young to play, though, because the tickets are $5 for this game. Yep, You can get into Bank of America Stadium. For just $5, your beer is, as Joe Person put it, your beer is going to be more expensive than your game ticket. And you need plenty of beer to watch this team play. Yeah, I think Andy, you do. I think Andy Dalton is uh, as much as he might be better than Bryce as it currently stands. 
you'd still rather see Bryce Young play football. I, I, I think that's the case, but maybe I'm not even so sure about that. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. To me, at this point, this is about protecting Bryce from himself and allowing him to to reset mentally, get his body. I mean, get a head start on getting your body ready for next season because he's not healthy. Like with the, with the amount of hits this man's taken, like his body is worn down. Um, and not so that he can't withstand the NFL beating because he's withstood the NFL beating. But, you know, also, I, I think he just needs to be in a room with a bunch of guys that, that believe in him. And I don't think, I don't think he's had that during his time here. You know, I, cause Frank Reich, Josh McCown can say whatever they want about Bryce Young guys. We saw the way you looked at CJ Stroud. It's like a fat kid in the candy store. They were drooling at what that guy could do on the football field. And so I don't think from the word go that he was ever supported from a coaching standpoint. And that might be a difficult thing that Dave Tepper encounters in this next coaching search is finding a offensive mind that, you know, check, you know, checks off on Bryce Young. But right now that's what he needs. He's not, he's not being put in a position to succeed. And I know I used to believe him throwing guys to the fire to see what they're made of. I know what he's made of. I've seen enough to realize he's got enough of it to play this position at a high level. But right now at one and 12, I want to protect him from himself. Yeah. I like throwing guys in the fire too. I think that's the only way you can learn. And I think it's a, a good thing. I like for me, I don't mind at all. The number one overall pick starting right away. I, I don't think it was the bad decision. That was the wrong decision to allow Bryce to start immediately. I did bring up the conversation about sitting him a little bit earlier than most. Well, but I don't mind at all Bryce Young starting right away. We just we start to get some evidence as to hmm, all right, it's not working. I you can't do the yo-yo thing. That happened with Tua a little bit, but even in the case of Tua, look at how well he's playing in a good system with good players around him. You can come back from even the yo-yo effect, which isn't happening to Bryce. And he has not been taken to the sideline, thrown in the fire, taken to the sideline. That has not happened to him. And so, yeah, he can't come back from this as long as there is a good situation around him. Clearly not here right now. I, I feel like the their reasoning to start Bryce right away, you know, he was named the starter, what, officially after? Was it OTAs or maybe? It was very soon. You know, the first week of training camp. I don't remember which one. I do think it, it there wasn't pressure on Frank Reich to win this year. Like, I do think he was given the job with the expectation of development was the most important thing in year one with the rookie quarterback. Problem was, was that he wasn't being developed, which is ultimately why Frank Reich got fired. So I, 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 I hear you on that. I do wonder moving forward how Bryce Young's struggles will impact other teams around the NFL, their decision to start rookie quarterbacks right away. Like maybe this does put the trend back in the direction where you're starting a rookie quarterback and maybe he sits for four games, six games, eight games. Cause I feel like if Bryce would have sit the first month, month and a half, I think it would look better than what we're seeing right now. Yeah. In a world where Andy Dalton starts the season, and the Panthers win like maybe two more games, by the way. Andy Dalton being in here does not have them as an NFC South contender. Yeah, I mean, I do wonder, do you win that game at Atlanta to open the season if Andy Dalton is the starting quarterback? Because does he make the same mistake that Bryce Young did making the, the two interceptions of Jesse Bates? Do you win that home game against New Orleans? You never know. I hear your point, though. Like, I don't think if Andy Dalton starts the season off, they're in playoff position or, 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 or NFC South title contention. 
as we sit here today. Yeah, they they lost to the Seahawks. I don't know if they're winning against Minnesota. They're certainly not getting a win against Detroit and Miami. They did get the win against Houston, against the Colts, a couple of pick sixes. Maybe that doesn't happen with Andy. I mean, we can do this all day long. It's really hard to try to figure out. But if Andy Dalton isn't playing good football, if he is throwing interceptions and it's enough of even if he's not, even if he's not turning the ball over, but you just don't have that wow factor and we're really frustrated. Maybe it's very Derek Carr-esque, right, where he's thrown for 300 yards. There are a couple of interceptions here and there, but you just continue to lose games. You're under 500 at the midway point of the season. There would still be people clamoring for Bryce Young to go into the game. I know I would. I know who I am, man. Like, I was clamoring for Bryce to start right away. Yeah. If it was mediocre football being played, I would be advocating for Bryce Young to start as soon as we got to week six or seven. And if I, I think the fan base would be doing that, too. So my point on that is I'm not killing the organization for naming Bryce the starter. Maybe they did it too soon. I don't really I, I, I don't like the mirage. I don't like the camouflage of, hey, we have to go through this competitive you know battle and we'll see who takes the job. Like it's going to be Bryce. Let's just I'm cool with that. Get him all the reps with the ones. I'm cool with you going ahead and naming Bryce the starter. But I don't know if it would have been any different if Andy Dalton is out there starting. You're losing games. The offense is, I mean, better, but barely, and you're pretty stagnant. We still would have been calling for Bryce Young at like week six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever it was. I mean, we have an example of that. Like, you go back and look at the Seattle game because everyone wants to reference that because Andy Dalton threw for like 347 yards on 59-something pass attempts. Yeah, I mean, yes. It wasn't a winning formula. Like, yeah, you saw a big passing number, and the Panthers scored their season high in points in that game. I think it was 27 in that loss at Seattle, but Carolina got down early like they have with Bryce Young throughout the season, and Frank Reich went to basically his bread and butter, the uh, you know the, the 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 K-gun offense, and they just started throwing the ball all over the yard, and it wasn't winning. It wasn't winning football. Well, so, and, and Andy Dalton played well. I think you and I both realized that, but. One of the touchdown passes, one of the two that Andy Dalton had, it was a blown coverage to DJ Chark where he was able to just walk right into the end zone because nobody was covering him. And so that brings him down to 300. Yes, I still get the point. Bryce Young hasn't even touched, flirted with, gotten close to 300 all year long. So Andy Dalton, better performance against Seattle than what we've seen from Bryce. I just still think that we would have been clamoring for Bryce Young midway to the season because that's how it works. The fan yeah. base wants to see the guy that you drafted number one overall. The backup quarterback is the most popular guy on every football team. That's how it goes. And that's what even Andy Dalton, even with the number one overall pick out there, the problem is the offense just hasn't looked good. It might be time to just go ahead and sit Bryce Young, allow Andy Dalton to play. Maybe he even plays himself into a starting position somewhere else. I, I don't even, that, that seems far-fetched. Well, but it feels like a few guys could benefit from that. Bryce could benefit from that. Thomas Brown could benefit from that. Maybe Chris Tabor as the head coach. I doubt it affects him as much, but maybe Andy Dalton could too. But no, we're going to throw Bryce Young out there because the argument is that he can learn and develop. I just I just don't know if we continue to go through these bad practices time and time again. I would like to know, oh, okay, well, when Iki Aquanu gets beat, I go down. Check. Next game, when Nicky Aquano gets beat, I get sacked pretty quickly. What if I move this way? What if I move that way? Do I throw the ball immediately? Nope, nope, nope. Still getting pressured. Cool. Got it. Like, I've already answered that question a million times. I don't want to regress, 
I don't want to continue bad habits. And it seems like that's what's been going on ever since the Houston game for the most part. Uh, and maybe this is just my egos, maybe the right word. Maybe this is just my opinion of Bryce because I still believe in him. Part of me wants Andy Dalton to start. And look, this offense looked just as putrid as this looked under Bryce Young. That away for every single Bryce hater, then then what do you go to? Like now, look, if, if Andy Dalton were to come in and this offense scores 28, 24, 27, and 21. That's what people are bringing up on the text line. You know, then, then, then maybe there's a conversation to be had. Guess what? I don't think it's going to happen because that offensive line ain't going to. I don't think that he's going to. They're, they're going to block better. I still think Bradley Bose is going to snap the ball and get driven into, in, 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 into Andy Dalton's face. So. Maybe that's wrong of me, but I want Andy Dalton to start to protect Bryce Young, but I also want the offense to look bad and be like, guys, he's not the biggest problem on the offense. I think that's clear to both of us, that he's not the biggest problem. He has had his issues, and once you fix everything around him, then we can get a fair evaluation of what Bryce Young can be in the NFL. One more segment to go before we hand off the baton to the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke. Ludwig, you're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Wrapping up the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You can join myself, Walker Mail, Colin Hoggard, just leaving the studio. And uh, I think Fitty is going to be out there with us as well. You can join us tomorrow night at 7.30. We'll be cheering on the Charlotte Hornets as they take on the Miami Heat. Thanks to the fine folks at Michelob Ultra. We're inviting you to watch to the watch party. To a watch party. God. Just wanted to make sure I get that right. At the Carolina Ale House, Waverly location, we got a watch party going on for the Hornets game against the Miami Heat. 7404-7404 Waverly Walk Avenue. That's the WFNZ Michelob Ultra watch party Wednesday night at 730 at the Carolina Ale House. Waverly location. We will see you there. Last time we hung out there, we did so as the Wesson Walker show. The three kings were out and we were watching the NCAA tournament. It was the thrilling Michigan State-Kansas State game. And, Fiddy, you said you got hurt watching that game because you were celebrating a Thomas uh, Tom Izzo loss, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I strained something to the point where, like, for the next 48 hours, it hurt to laugh. Cause, How uh, did you hurt yourself? I mean, um, well, I mean, if, if you remember that game, it was bananas. They went to overtime. I remember the game. I just want to know how you hurt yourself. Yeah, I, I mean, I was, you know, I think I like effectively, and no one can see this, but I like threw my arm in a celebration. So almost like a Tiger Woods fist pump. Yeah. And um, I threw it too hard and it went too far and 
It was kind of like when I tore my ACL, man. I was I was I was in deep pain. All right, so you strain like you almost like what strained an oblique or something like that. You had a real injury for a couple of days when you strained a muscle. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a torn bicep was the official diagnosis. Flounder, have you ever hurt yourself? Flounder joining us, by the way. Listen to him from six to ten a.m. on these airwaves via the Mac and Bone Show. Flounder, have you ever hurt yourself celebrating a sports moment? Oh, a specific moment. I don't. Think so. Well, you said you got um, sore with the way that you were cheering, like you're. So yes. It's like you worked out. Uh, Toriel football game. Uh, it's probably been about three or four years ago now. Uh, this makes a lot of sense too. Uh, actually, hurt myself, or not hurting myself, but like sore from yelling the prior day. I I I don't know why in this specific game. I usually the only time I ever like put my hands like cup them over my mouth yep. like that is if I'm yelling at the refs. So I don't remember if it was a really bad ref game, but afterwards I can actually feel it in my chest area. <laughs> that's so sad. I and mean, hilarious. it's, it's just <laughs> that, that shows you how much of a just complete hooligan I am at games. At it, it reminds me of the SpongeBob episode when he's, when he's actually trying to compete with the big lifters, except he's putting a marshmallow at each end of the stick and acting like that's lifting weights. Flounder's version of lifting weights is just cupping his hands over his mouth and cheering during a sporting event I for mean, two hours. I, I got to tell you, burns calories. It does. Flounder, that is the that is the fitness Flounder fitness plan. Make sure you go sign up at WFNZ.com. I am ashamed to admit this, but Fiddy, I actually got hurt celebrating a sports moment one time. Oh. All right, so yeah. you guys are both going to love this. I have the right crowd in the studio for this. I was watching the Gio Bernard game. Oh, mm. I love that you guys both read. Mm. Yeah, he returns the punt against NC State. What was it? How many? Se- like 13 seconds left? Yeah, something so, like that. Yeah, All some, right. yeah. All right. So North Carolina, they were about to lose after NC State scores. And then Geo returns the punt or maybe whatever. Right. That's how the Carolina was able to win. And I was watching with an NC State fan and an NC State fan talking a lot of trash. They're feeling good. Oh, shocking. I know they're feeling very good. As Geo gets free down the right sideline, okay, we know that he's almost there. It's going to happen. They're going to beat NC State in an incredible, you know, moment here, a thrilling finish. As that's happening, I have a lanyard across my neck with all my keys, like classic freshman at college type of stuff, right? <laughs> all my keys around the lanyard around my neck. And so what I do, straight Tiger Woods fist pump status, I punch up pretty hard, but I punch my keys. And cut my uh, knuckles pretty badly. Oh, good. And so I'm bleeding. And now, you say, like, just say good. Like yes. paper towel. No band aid was gonna affect it. Like I needed paper towels to go and Ooh. get all the blood off of me punching my keys in celebration of Gio Bernard returning a punt for a touchdown, and also at the expense of the NC State fan in the room. That was the only time that I ever got hurt celebrating a play. You should have just used his shirt to clean up your blood because, I mean, it was probably a Walmart, you know, well, for them, the, you know, the oh, You're Kmart. doing the Walmart thing. The Carolina fan is doing the Walmart. Hey, well, I mean, that's, Dol- that's, Dollar General, okay? <laughs> that's why I went to Kmart. But, yeah, I mean, that's – um. I mean that's that that that's a good play. I I had this thing like growing up, where like and I still do it like when I get really animated, like I go like Tarzan and I start like beating my chest. Mm-hmm. And uh, the man is psychotic. Yeah, there was there was one time I, I forget <laughs> what game it was. I think it was the LSU tournament game in the run to the 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 the, the title in '09, where for some reason instead of my chest, 
I hit my head and I, 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 I knocked myself onto the ground from just sheer emotions in that game. You said you, you said you hit your head so hard you got you got knocked to the ground like celebrating I, I, a win on the 09. Run. Like yeah, like I like you know where like I was hitting myself I, in the head. What people can't do is they can't see you. They can't hitting see me, but you right can now. just envision yeah. this you know this little stumpy kid in his living room <laughs> watching his favorite team come back in a in, in a tournament game. It was just losing his absolute mind. Um, Keep in mind that kid was thirteen years old. Okay. So like old enough that to where that probably should have happened. Oh, oh yeah, I mean like my body is de- you know my, my brain is telling wanting to know why this is happening to him. My youngest brother <sighs> or my only brother has never gotten he's never hurt himself but after the shot in the 2016 national title game. Oh, this is a classic. Um Yeah, that one's got to be just pure rage oh, from both wait, of you. Oh, this one's tremendous. You this know, is one now, of my favorites. You know, we'll, we'll, I'll preface it by saying that was a, a game that uh, I hugged Flounder as he was crying. I drove home <laughs> crying. We also, it, interestingly enough, real quick, a side bit to that. So, when Marcus Page hits the shot, we almost got injured. There is like a replica, like it's it's pretty small, but it's a replica of my grandfather's old fire department helmet. Oh, and Up no. top. And it tips over and almost hits us while we're laying on the ground because we're just in disbelief after we literally jump into the air, all, both feet off ground, slam down onto the floor. Uh, so we almost did get hurt that night as well. But uh, the brother, this is this is amazing. Walker, you're going to love it. Got off the couch, <laughs> walked into the bathroom and projected vomit all over because he did not know, didn't know what to do. Eight-year-old Ashton. Was that heartbroken that his Tar Heels lost a national title game? Oh, I love it. So your your brother, like this is the second time that we know about the Marlows of being possessed. One, you being possessed with the barking that you gave us a couple of weeks ago, and then your brother becoming possessed because of a loss and projectile vomiting all across the bathroom or the lip. Where did he projectile? He got vomit? he got to the bathroom, but I remember calling my dad the next day and was like, "Hey, Dad, how's it going?" And he's like. What's the matter, son? Like, well, we lost the national title game. I ain't taking it too good. He goes, you're doing better than your brother who vomited all over the bathroom. I bet you were proud. Oh, yeah. One of the best stories of all time. And it's how I knew then the kid was corrupt and he was going to live a life in sports. Yeah, you said good when I mentioned I got cut. I would have to imagine that you were really happy to see that your brother had also projectile vomited. That'll do it for Wesson Walker. Josh Fitty Marlowe filling in. Thanks to Flounder hanging out the last segment. It's Kyle Bailey and Smoke Ludwig. They're coming up next right here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.